The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Good Thursday morning. It is a rainy one out here on the East Coast. And all that rain could impact travel plans across the country. It is December 28th. This is today. Downpour, tens of millions waking up to soaking rains and flooded streets at the start of one of the busiest travel days of the season. I just found out our flight is delayed. And with New Year's just days away, police are stepping up security. You have to be ready for those unpredictable circumstances. From the crowds to the forecast, we'll break down everything you need to know for the long holiday weekend. Campaign controversy asked by a voter what caused the Civil War. Republican presidential hopeful Nikki Haley does not mention slavery. Yeah, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run. The criticism she's now facing ahead of the Iowa caucuses, now less than three weeks away. Holiday health alert, respiratory illnesses surging nationwide, hospitalizations up dramatically. This morning, how you can stay safe during your New Year's celebrations. Demolition Day. This morning, crews are set to begin tearing down the house where four Idaho college students were killed. Just ahead, the family's final plea to stop it and why the school says it's the right move. Those stories plus rev your engines. An inside look at what 2024 could hold for car shoppers after a year of high prices and limited supply. And cha-ching, with no big winner overnight, the Powerball jackpot shoots up to nearly $700 million. A new ticket frenzy now sweeping the country today, Thursday, December 28, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cuffey, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning and welcome to today. We're happy to have you with us on this Thursday morning. I'm Peter Alexander alongside my friend Laura Jaron. We are in for Savannah and Hoda today. And if you had to have a fever, the Powerball fever is the one to have during the holiday season. 700 plus million dollars. Good way to start the new year. Yeah, maybe we should go in on it together, right? Split it. Let's do it. See what happens. (laughs) We want to get to our top story right now. Of course, that is New Year's and it's countdown. We have a live look right now at the roads and airports in Boston, Philadelphia and Hartford, Connecticut. As you can see, frankly, it's just wet. A storm bringing heavy rain and flood threats to the region on what's expected to be one of the busiest travel days of the year. And of course, it could have a serious ripple effect across the country. So we have it all covered for you, beginning with Dylan. She's in for Al today, tracking that storm for us. Dylan, good morning. Good morning, guys. We did have some roads closed around here across Long Island where the heavy rain is falling right now. We also have some heavy rain that will likely create some delays down across Florida. But the heaviest of the rain right now, central and eastern Long Island, most of Connecticut, Rhode Island, central Massachusetts. This is going to continue to move up into New England through the day, although even when the heavy rain ends, we're still looking at the chance of some showers to linger this afternoon and Friday, too. Ironically, where we have our flood watches right now is back where the heaviest rain is over. This is more for river flooding and creek flooding that could uh, create some overflow along those banks there. So folks in those areas should keep that in mind. 
weekend. We also have some light snow expected as we go into tonight into, I'd say, just west of Chicago, but stretching down into St. Louis. And this is interesting. We're even going to see some flurries fly down near Kentucky into Tennessee, northern Mississippi, northern Alabama. No accumulating snow in those areas, but you might still see a few snowflakes. But the heaviest of the rain, again, is going to continue to fall across New England today, but still about a half an inch to an inch and a half. But if you're traveling, we could see some isolated delays back through Chicago, up into Boston, New York, and D.C. too. So the roads are wet. We are seeing some of that flooding with the heavier rain, and we could see some delays at the airports too. Laura. All right, Dylan, thank you for that. Let's get a closer look at how the storms are impacting the holiday travel rush, as today is expected to be, as we said, one of the busiest days of the season on the roads and at the airports. NBC's Stephanie Gosk is along the New Jersey Turnpike with that part of the story. Hey, Steph. Hey, Laura, good morning. You know, this is actually the second busiest end of the year travel period in more than two decades. And more than 90 percent of those travelers will be on the road. As Dylan mentioned, the weather in this part of the country is not terrific, but that rain will clear out of here. Just so you know, if you are piling the family in the car, you will not be alone. This morning, the travel rush is on. Um coming from Atlanta, but I'm headed back to Puerto Rico. When you're traveling for the holidays, you sort of anticipate that it's going to be um, a little bit hectic. As the holidays come to a close, millions of Americans are now headed back home and into a potential travel nightmare. Heavy rain causing flood concerns across the Northeast and visibility affecting travelers on the road. The New York City skyline blanketed in fog. Today is expected to be one of the worst days to drive. Traffic on the roads could also be impacted by a new storm system that's making its way up the East Coast, bringing heavy rain. Millions under flood alerts in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware. And if you're taking to the skies, prepare for packed airports. The TSA says today will also be one of the busiest days for air travel this holiday season. I just found out our flight is delayed by about an hour. On Wednesday, Southwest Airlines accounted for more than 1,600 of the more than 7,000 delays nationwide. The airline telling NBC News the delays were due to air traffic control reducing the flow of traffic. The travel disruption still nowhere near last year's Christmas meltdown when the airline canceled nearly 17,000 flights, leaving millions stranded. But a scary journey Wednesday for one Southwest flight bound for Austin, making an emergency return to Fort Lauderdale after a possible bird strike shortly after takeoff. Some of the worst delays this week continue to be in Florida. For the second day in a row, the FAA slowed down traffic because of flight congestion. Meantime, out west and in the Great Plains, many are still digging out for more than a foot of snow. In Colorado, parts of the busy interstate still remain closed due to the blizzard and hazardous driving conditions. This is the line. It goes out of the airport. Back at some of the country's busiest airports, travelers are now getting ready to take on the holiday crowds. Start early. Be on time. So if you are hitting the road today, obviously finish watching the Today Show, but then consider getting in the car because the best time to drive will be before midday. Laura, back to you. Always good advice. Thanks, Steph. Now to the reason behind a lot of that travel, millions of Americans getting set to ring in the New Year. Cities across the country are ramping up security ahead of those celebrations, especially here in New York with an eye on protests over the Israel-Hamas war. NBC's Kathy Park is in Times Square for us this morning. Kathy, good morning to you. What are the very latest concerns? 
Hey, Peter, good morning to you. Greetings from the crossroad of the world. In the next couple of days, we're anticipating roughly a million revelers here in the middle of Times Square. But ahead of the big celebration, officials say the big concern, as you mentioned, are those large protests stemming from the Israel-Hamas war. In recent days, there have been many clashes nationwide between police and pro-Palestinian protesters. In fact, just yesterday, there were large groups that blocked traffic at JFK and LAX. And in fact, some travelers had to rush out of their cars to catch their flights. And according to officials in both cities, there were dozens of arrests. But back here in New York, Peter, we're told that there are no credible threats for New Year's Eve celebrations. So that's good news. Given all the recent activity, though, how are cities preparing ahead of the holiday weekend, Kathy? Yeah, so Peter, uh, officials say that a concern is the potential for those lone wolf attacks. And that's why major cities like New York and Boston, they are stepping up patrols. You will see a lot of officers in uniform, other plainclothes officers on the ground as well. And they're urging members of the public to stay vigilant and report any sort of suspicious activity. But ending on a lighter note, Peter, yesterday we got some news about the New Year's Eve ball. We are told that there will be 2,600 crystal panels and those panels the theme will be bow tie theme. So you have to look very closely to see those bow ties, but it's a nice sparkle to round out the year. Yeah, like Here. an ordinary chandelier at your home, right? Yeah, Kathy, appreciate it very much. Thank you. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> now to breaking news overnight in the Republican field for president, Nikki Haley, who's seen a recent surge in the polls, coming under fire for how she answered a question about the cause of the Civil War during a town hall event. NBC's Ryan Nobles is in Washington with that story. Ryan, good morning. Hey, Laura, good morning. And this happened as we close in on votes being cast in Iowa and New Hampshire. And while Donald Trump remains the clear frontrunner, Nikki Haley has been surging in the polls. But her answer to this question is now drawing fire from both Democrats and Republicans. This morning, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley facing new backlash over her response to a question about the cause of the Civil War during a town hall in New Hampshire. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. The former U.N. ambassador not making any mention of slavery. And I think it always comes down to the role of government and what the rights of the people are. When pressed on the topic of slavery... Haley seemed to be rebuffing the voters' apparent surprise over her answer. What do you want me to say about slavery? Next question. Her answer on the issue garnering attention overnight. President Biden weighing in on X, formerly known as Twitter, posting, quote, it was about slavery. While GOP rival Florida Governor Ron DeSantis posting, yikes. Haley came into the limelight as the governor of South Carolina in 2015 when she ordered the removal of Confederate flags from the Capitol. She faced pressure to do so after the Charleston mass shooting by white supremacist Dylan Roof. It's time to move the flag from the Capitol grounds. But on a conservative podcast, Haley arguing that Roof hijacked the flag. People saw it as service and sacrifice and heritage. Now this morning, a major speed bump in the GOP race for Haley, while she's been surging in the polls as the Iowa caucuses and New Hampshire primary approaches. And this morning on New Hampshire radio, Haley clarified last night's comments, saying, of course, the Civil War was about slavery. What it means to us today is about freedom. Laura, back to you.
All right, Ryan, thank you. The leaders of three major U.S. cities are renewing their pleas for federal assistance with the immigration crisis. New York City Mayor Eric Adams, along with the mayors of Chicago and Denver, say the federal government needs to coordinate with Texas on when and how buses of migrants arrive in their cities. The mayor sharply criticized Texas Governor Greg Abbott for sending the buses, which they say arrive at all hours with no details on who is on them. Meantime, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, met with Mexico's president in Mexico City yesterday, strategizing on how to slow the border crossings. The leaders also discussed what is needed to reopen key ports of entry. Crossings have hit record numbers recently, with about 10,000 migrants detained daily at the southwest U.S. border. We mentioned the war in the Middle East earlier, and this morning there are growing concerns that it could spill into other parts of the region with escalating rocket attacks from Hezbollah militants directed at northern Israel. NBC's Josh Letterman has the very latest on this. Josh, good morning. Hey, good morning, Laura. Israel's Air Force says it has just intercepted a drone that crossed into Israel from Lebanon. And there are air raid sirens going off right now in northern Israel as fears of a spreading war are surging. This morning, as the IDF pummels central Gaza's refugee camps in its war against Hamas, Israel is on the verge of a second front erupting, this one on its border with Lebanon, where there's been a major escalation with Hezbollah including 30 rockets the Iran-backed militants say they fired yesterday at Israel's northernmost city. Israel's foreign minister touring the Lebanon border, saying all options are on the table. While a member of Israel's war cabinet says the stopwatch for a diplomatic solution is running out. If the world doesn't act, he says, we will. And with the region gripped by tension, new violence overnight in Iraq. A U.S. base in Iraqi Kurdistan targeted by an attack drone. With Israel and the U.S. locked in intense diplomacy over the war's next phase, this morning, two Israeli officials tell NBC News that Secretary of State Antony Blinken is headed to Israel in early January for his fifth visit since the war started. The State Department hasn't confirmed his travels. But the U.S. and Israel are publicly at odds over how Gaza should be ruled after the war and what Israel's role should be. We have to create an alternative that people can believe in a future, uh, a better future without Hamas. Maybe you can't control what people think, but by removing Hamas from power, it won't have the capabilities to, 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 to hurt other people. Israel says it's almost finished clearing Hamas battalions from Gaza's north and invited NBC News in for a first-hand look. Here in northern Gaza, what we can see is an utter wasteland of dust and mangled steel, really the only signs of life, uh, IDF troops standing guard. Basil Amakosi is an artist, now a refugee, his work depicting life in Gaza after nearly three months of war. We're a people who deserve to live and have our rights, he says. I am a true believer that freedom has a price. And Laura, just this morning, Israel has announced the number of Israeli troops who have died in this war has surpassed 500. That includes more than 300 troops who died in the terror attacks of October 7th. Laura? A grim milestone indeed. Josh Letterman in Israel for us. Thank you.
We have a lot more to get to right now, including mounting health concerns, especially during the season of holiday gatherings. The CDC is reporting an alarming increase in respiratory illnesses, flu, RSV, and COVID all ahead of this weekend's New Year's celebration. So you're at risk of marinating in some of that. We want to bring in NBC News medical contributor, Dr. Natalie Azar. Good morning to you. Marinating, not a great image, right? But that's the fear when you show up at these parties and you're surrounded by all these different people. The CDC just put out this report right now. We are seeing a spike in hospitalizations. The highest numbers, which illnesses specifically are to blame for those? So, you know, in this instance, I'm going to say, and yeah, the timing is is always right. But we expect this. It's, it's the winter season. It's respiratory virus season. We've talked about the triple threat, uh, triple threat. I think in this case, a picture is worth a thousand words. We have a graphic to show everybody about this sort of spike in cases in ER visits mm. starting from July and ending in uh, the, the week of December 23rd. That dot that solid line at the very, very top are combined COVID flu and RSV. But the number I want people to, to pay attention to or the, or the steep rise there is that second num- that second color. And that are, that's flu. We have seen a significant bump in flu cases. Flu hospitalizations were up 200% the week ending December 16th. And a lot of people say, well, is it too late to get my flu shot? And the answer is 100% no, it's not too late. That rise in flu cases is driven primarily by flu A, we often see a lull, and then we get a spike in influenza B. The vaccination rates in this country this year are significantly lower than they were last year across all age groups. So if you haven't gotten your flu shot, please go out and get it. Okay, that's a good reminder. And it may seem obvious, but obviously precautions, just wash your hands, right? Laura, you know, the simplest things, sneezing into the crook of your elbow, washing your hands all the time. That's how we introduce these bugs into ourselves. If you are sick, you should stay home, particularly if you have a fever or you're actively coughing and get tested. You know, we didn't talk about this a lot, but the FDA actually approved an at-home combo flu and COVID test. Mm. RSV is the only one that you can actually get tested for in a doctor's office. But it's important because what you want to distinguish between those illnesses, the treatment for flu, COVID, strep, all very, very different. You can treat all of these illnesses. Yeah, unfortunately, tis the season, so it's good information. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dr. Thanks, Dr. Sorry, sir. Switching gears here, the Powerball jackpot jumped to $760 million overnight. That's after no one matched all the numbers in last night's drawing. For the record here, the winning numbers, listen up, 4, 11, 38, 51, 68, and the Powerball 5. The current prize is the fourth jackpot to exceed more than $500 million this year. Isn't that incredible? I just I just want to know what that feels like. That one day when you read those numbers <laughs> along and it actually, you're like, okay, okay, okay. Like that I'll is let just, you know when it happens. Yeah, please do, right? Exactly. We'll be back <laughs> for bucks. some of the change. What's it looking like for us? Well, we are uh, still dealing with that storm system for the East Coast. That's going to create some wet roadways. It already has. We've seen some flooding because of it on the roads. It's also going to create likely some airports at the delay, uh, airport delays from New New York up into Boston. Some light wet snow is falling just west of Chicago, but back through the upper Midwest. Although it does look mild for December, temperatures in the 30s and 40s across the northern plains and a bit unsettled out on the west coast from Washington right down into northwestern California. We'll likely see some rain along the coast and some snow in the higher elevations. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you very much. And still to come right here, the families of four college students murdered in Idaho last year making a final plea to preserve the crime scene. The house where it happened set to be demolished beginning today. We're going to have the very latest. 
Plus, did you put off buying a new car this year because prices were too high? Well, that decision could pay off in 2024. Vicky Wynn will break down the car buying forecasts that could have shoppers back in the driver's seat. But first, this is Today on NBC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed but if you strip away all of harry's flaws what you have underneath is pure billy and what he brings to all of his characters heart Back now at 7.30 with Meg Ryan's special appearance at the Kennedy Center Honors celebrating her When Harry Met Sally co-star, Billy Crystal. Great movie, of course. Jacob's One of the greatest. Here, right? Jacob's here for Craig this morning, and we'll have much more ahead in Popstar. It's going to be a good one. No, just promise. I, you know, not too much info, but stick around, guys. Yeah, Warwick, Queen Latifah, they had a pretty good lineup last night. We do want to begin this half an hour right now with the new developments in a case that gripped headlines for more than a year, the Idaho College murders. That's right. The house where those four students were killed is set to be demolished this morning. A crushing blow to the victims' families. NBC's Dana Griffin joins us with the details. Dana, good morning. Laura, good morning. This is the second holiday season those families of the four victims have marked without their loved ones. In a matter of hours, demolition is scheduled to begin on the house turned crime scene, leaving one of the families pleading with the university and the DA's office to stop what they call madness. More than 13 months since students Ethan Chapin, Zana Carnodal, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Gonzalez were found stabbed to death in a home near the University of Idaho. Today, the university is set to begin demolition of that house. Kaylee Gonzalez's family has protested the demolition from the start, fearing that key evidence could be lost before a trial even begins. If they tear it down and one jury member says, I wanted to see that place, I wanted to go inside there, I had questions that couldn't be answered. Now the family reaching out directly to the prosecutor's office and the university in a statement titled, Please Stop the Demolition of the King Road Home. In it, listing their reasons why the house should stay standing. Among them, vantage points of the surviving roommates. What could they see? Dylan Mortensen stated Kohlberger walked past her. 
The Gonzalves is asking, how far away was Dylan when she says she saw him, and why didn't he see her? What windows could suspect Brian Kohlberger see in from where he was parked? What can you hear inside the house? The University of Idaho telling NBC News in part, we feel certain that now is the right time to move forward with the healing that comes with the demolition. And sharing an email they say came from the prosecutor's office, which states in part, based on our review of Idaho case law, the current condition of the premises is so substantially different than at the time of the homicides that a jury view would not be authorized. After months of delays in the death penalty case against Kohlberger, prosecutors have requested a summer trial date. Earlier, a judge entering a not guilty plea on the defendant's behalf. The Gonzalez family also pleading for a trial date, saying in part, the court in this matter has delayed long enough. For them, it has been agonizing. When your child dies, they don't just die once. They, they die every time that you wake up. Whenever that trial does begin, it will be live streamed on YouTube. The next big question, will the defense file a motion to move the case to a larger city like Boise, some 300 miles away? It could present a larger jury pool and help the town of Moscow to not have to relive details of the case. Now, as for the demolition of the house, it's expected to take at least two days. Experts say there's likely no way this demolition will be stopped. Peter, Laura. All right, Dana, thank you for that. Joining us now is NBC News legal analyst Danny Savalos. Danny, good morning to you. So simple question a lot are asking. Why not just protectively? Why not, as the prosecution, try to stop this, get a court order to stop this demolition from happening? Because the prosecution likely feels they have all the evidence they need. By now, measurements have been taken, probably with lasers. They can draw up demonstrative exhibits. I've hired experts to do the same thing. Probably Nowadays, you have three-dimensional demonstratives that you can bring in. They can probably almost recreate the house for the jury. But there's an argument that, well... In an abundance of caution, why not just preserve the house in case, for example, they want jurors to hear how things sounded in the house or see firsthand what they could see within the house? Well, for the most part, houses, murder sites are not preserved. We don't shrink wrap the entire place and put caution tape over it for two or three years while the trial uh, wends its way through the courts. But in high profile cases, you take the normal rules and you throw them out the window. So uh, there is an argument to be made that preservation is the safe thing to do. But then you also get into issues like the Constitution, the takings clause. Can the state hold this private property owned, whether it's by the university or a private person? Can they prevent them from doing anything with that without compensating them for it some years down the road. Danny, simple question, but I, I think a lot of people are probably wondering, why has the judge not set a trial date yet? This is not that uncommon. In a case like this, with all the issues coming up, the pretrial motions, everything else, these cases take a long time, particularly in state court. You know, with all the Trump cases going on, we have this idea, well, in federal court especially, you set trial dates, you move cases along. In state court, they have a lot more on their docket and dates get moved. I can't tell you why every single time, but things happen. And you look back at some of the case orders in this case so far, they were setting dates and deadlines months ago that have already expired. That's life in litigation, particularly in high profile criminal murder cases like this. You set dates, things happen. You have to push those dates out. But the prosecution, the state in this case seems pretty clear. 
They want this to happen sooner rather than later. It is surprising there isn't even a scheduling order in place. Danny, just quickly while we have you, the defense only has so many moves left to go here. They tried to get this case kicked out many times, failed across the board. Any chance you think they'll try to transfer venue to a different place? Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't considered that yet. I mean, the court, the standard for transferring a case is pretty high. There is a constitutional right, both under the federal constitution and the Idaho state constitution, to a fair trial. And the Supreme Court has said that in cases where pretrial publicity reaches a circus-like atmosphere, changing venue might be one of the fixes. So that is still something I think the defense could make that motion. I think the court would still entertain it. And you look at the Daybell case, which was uh, the last high-profile case in Idaho, a murder case, which is arguably much less uh, infamous than this Koberger case. And the court there concluded that there was reason to transfer venue. But that's a different county, different courts. It's hard to say whether the defense will take that option. All right. We will see what happens. Danny, thank you. Appreciate it. Still ahead right here, the tributes pouring in for comedy legend Tom Smothers. We're going to remember his groundbreaking career in the pioneering act with his brother that changed the course of TV history. But first, you guys, after a year of high prices and limited options, what does 2024 have in store for car buyers? If you put off a purchase, you're going to like what Vicky Wynn has to say right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. We are back at 740 with today's consumer. And this morning, we are focusing on the car market. Yeah, 2023 was a difficult one for many shoppers. So what does the new year hold for you? NBC's Vicki Wynn is gazing into her crystal ball. Vic. Hey there, looking for a new set of wheels? Experts say in 2024, buyers could be back in the driver's seat. In 2023, buying a car was no easy ride. Supply shortages. Record high prices and low inventory left many consumers with few options. There were three dealerships that we felt we could work with in our area, and only one of those three had a van on the lot for us to look at. Andrea Smith, the mom of four in upstate New York, purchased this minivan over the summer, but she says it wasn't easy. We felt pressured to make a purchase right away because there were so limited options and we didn't want to wait a couple months or three, four months for one to come onto the lot. Then the sticker shock. The price that we ended up paying for our van was a third of the price of what we purchased our home for. But in 2024, a possible silver lining. What is 2024 going to look like? 2024 will look a lot more normal to the average shopper. So Brian Moody is executive editor of Kelly Blue Book. He says with factories coming back to full production, 
inventory has been recovering. While still below pre-pandemic levels, the boost in availability means more options on the lot. In 2024, there's an abundance of both new and used cars, and so customers should be able to find what they want for a reasonable price. In November of 2023, the price of new and used cars decreased slightly from record highs in 2022, with new cars averaging $47,000 and used cars at $26,000. But Moody says consumers will see the biggest savings thanks to increased incentives offered by automakers. These perks are up 136% in December compared to 2022. What are some of those incentives that we have forgotten about because it's been so long since we saw them? Always look for the low APR, the low interest rate. That's the best way to get the most bang for your buck. But we also see some cash back and some subsidized leases, meaning that there may be little down payment and a low monthly payment for a car that might work for you. When shopping, compare prices and inventories both online and in person at the dealership. Know your credit score, which will impact which incentives you may qualify for. Consider maintenance, fuel efficiency, and insurance rates when calculating the price. For used cars, check the vehicle's history report and get an independent mechanical inspection, especially if it's sold as is. You're not going to get the best deals on big, full-size, truck-based SUVs. Everybody wants those. Mm. If you really want a deal, look for sedans and hatchbacks, cars like the Toyota Corolla or the Honda Accord. And if you're thinking of making the switch to electric, there's some good news. Many brands like Tesla and Nissan lowered prices. Tax incentives from the state and federal government could also offer additional discounts. The lesson here is if you've always wanted an electric car, but it was too expensive, This is the time to reassess that and go back and look. If you're considering buying versus leasing, Moody says buying will save you more in the long term as prices on cars drop and interest rates remain high. And don't be scared off by the rising average price of new cars. Experts say higher luxury car sales, that's what's driving up the average. But there are still a lot of deals to be had with those smaller cars. Back to you. Good to know. Thanks, Vic. Maybe the year of the uh, electric car sounds like. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of people looking to buy as we head into the new year. Dylan's keeping an eye on a lot of people who already have a car and trying to figure out where they're going today. With exactly. The and if you're traveling up and down the East Coast, you are going to see uh, some delays because of all the heavy rain. But at least it comes with warmer temperatures. We're not talking about a massive snowstorm. D.C. close to 60 today. Raleigh, 61. Boston, 48. That's nine degrees above average. Even Chicago running above average with a temperature of 39 today. Tomorrow's still kind of mild in the Northeast. New York City, 55 degrees. DC 50. We drop back down into the upper 30s and lower 40s across the Great Lakes, but still above average. And then as we get into the weekend, we'll settle into some more seasonable temperatures. Here you go in Chicago. 33 degrees on Monday. That's closer to average. Columbus drops to 37 by uh, the start of the new year. Buffalo, New York, 33 degrees. And in New York City, we'll kind of hang out in the mid-40s as we go through the weekend. So if you are headed to New York City for the big ball drop, the weather is going to cooperate. You wouldn't be standing out in the rain or the snow. Partly cloudy, 40 degrees, really not all that bad uh, for New Year's Eve. And that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you for that. Coming up from Barbie to Beyonce and, of course, Taylor Swift, how women drove the U.S. economy in 2023 and what that could mean for the future of entertainment and business. But if you love 80s power ballads, don't miss Pop Start. you got to see the new twist that Miley Cyrus just put on a Journey classic. It's so good to ground. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.